You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We are your hosts, Jill and Mary, and we are sitting across the screen. I wish we were in the same room. Kind of feels like we are. From two of our favorite people. And I know we always say this on our podcast, but truly, not only are these people just in incredible special people in our lives, but we have the absolute pleasure and honor to work with their daughter, Navy. So Danny and Brianne, welcome to the show. Thank oh, you so much for having us. My gosh, you guys. <laughs> like when you the honor is honestly ours. Getting to watch you guys with Navy and just how you show up for us and everybody, we kind of stalk you. I'll say myself specifically. <laughs> I kind of stalk you guys and I watch how you show up for other people. And it just makes my heart so happy to have you guys in our corner and to get to show up for you in any way we can too. Well, we just adore you guys. And um, for those of you guys listening, Danny and Brianne honestly came into my life because of Mary. I feel like a lot of times people come into my life because of this one sitting across from the screen from me. But I was introduced to them through Mary and they have this incredible business and they also produce our podcast. So not only are they just cool human beings, they have this incredible business where they really do good work for other people to get their message out there. But honestly, I think the best part of these two is how they're raising their two kiddos. So we're just so excited to kind of go in and talk a little bit more about you two. But honestly, you guys, we love who you two are, but we love who you are as parents. Well, and it's in the title, right? The good in media. And I think that just speaks so loudly of what you want out of this world and who you are for this world. Because... I feel like when we get into business, we like have to work with people. And I say that with quotes around it because we we feel like we have to take on certain business. And you guys have really drawn a line in the sand in terms of what businesses you want to work with. And it's people who are making a big impact and you're able to facilitate making an impact through other people's impact. And I just think that's so cool because it is how you show up. It's how you show up for the people you work with. It's how you show up for your friends. And as Jill just pointed out, it's how you show up for your kids. And that's the greatest example that we could ever be because they're living on our legacy. They're going to be here after we're gone and we want them to be good people. So Brianne, that was your initial question before popping on was, so what? Like, we've got the rundown. We obviously listened to your guys' podcast, teehee. Um, but what are we <laughs> going to be talking about today? <laughs> um, and I thought that was a perfect question because Jill and I get to work with a lot of families. We, we get the pleasure of being integrated into a lot of different families. So we get to see a lot of different parenting styles. And we admire the way that you guys have a relationship with both Navy and Dax, her younger brother. Um, it's just so open and honest. So first things first, why do you think that is? Like, where did that open and honest relationship come from? Because I know, Brianne, you said that it was um, not what you grew up with. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, first of all, something that came to mind that I want to share and I feel like this is helpful for the perspective of a parent coming to work with you guys. Like, I already knew you, love you guys, 
for whatever reason, until you guys started your business, Danny and I invest in mentors like as much as we possibly can, honestly. Like that's the stage that we're in and I don't think that will ever stop. But like when you guys were like, hey, we're creating this business that's going to take all our knowledge and lessons and help like the next generation. I'm like, oh, freaking duh. This makes so much sense (laughs) that we should get Nevaeh involved in it. And so I'm like, freaking let's do this. Let's go. And then once we got started, there was this kind of little bit of like pit in my stomach that was like, these are my friends that I'm working with that I look up to so much. And um, they're going to realize I'm not the perfect parent. And I remember like sending, yeah, yeah, which nobody is, by the way. But like, (laughs) that was something that like kind of hit me. And I realized I'm like, oh, this is actually forcing me to be vulnerable as a mom to like allow other people into my kids' lives to help them, you know? And so it was like, that was something that I realized. And maybe this is why like my parents, you talk about my upbringing, it was um, very different. Like, Um, I grew up in a very strict religious household and there's so many incredible things that I took away from that. And I definitely pass on to my kids in my own way. But like there wasn't very much room for me to be an individual or me to ask questions or, you know, like even have a relationship with my parents where they were open with me about things that they were struggling with or like like I I remember any of my memories growing up really and I have wonderful parents hardworking parents loving parents that did the best that they could for seven of us I'm the oldest of seven so they wow. were busy busy parents and I look at that time and I'm like I never really got to know them as a person outside of mm. like just having like the parent hat on which was very much like you know making sure it felt so much more about discipline, I guess, is how I can describe it, than having a, a, a relationship, relationship that went both ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, if you're doing well and doing good, great, I'm going to let you continue to do well. But like, if you slip up and make a mistake, then like, they're on your booty real quick, you know? And that's how it felt. And so I just like, Danny and I are young parents. Like, we got married when we were 18. Nevaeh was born when I was 19. He was 20. Mm-hmm. And so it was just one of those things we look at that and like we really wanted to set the intention to do things differently with our family because I don't even now as an adult and it could be different, but I don't have a relationship with my parents. And as we started this family together, which, you know, here we are like bright eyed and bushy tailed and getting into parent parenthood as we're still like kids ourselves. We're like, okay, how do we how do we want to do this in a way that like Obviously, we want to give our kids structure and teach them, but how can we have a relationship with them so that they like, as their own person, they feel seen, heard, valued, and leave that communication open so that there can be a relationship instead of like, I'm the parent, do it because I said so. Yeah. Well, the fact that you were able to draw that intention from your experience just speaks volumes of how you wanted to almost break the generational cycle of like, this isn't how I want to parent my kids because I want to do it a little bit differently. And like you said, no, your parents did the best that they possibly could. But I I can't imagine being an 18-year-old and getting married and having that mindset of, okay, we're going to start this life together and we're going to be these young parents and we're going to do things differently. I just think that's incredible. The fact that you guys at 19 and 20 were able to really define what you wanted as a family um, of raising, of raising your children, because like I had my kids at 27 and 30 and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I didn't really get to, really think that through. I mean, I had a few more years before Mm -hmm. thinking about that than you guys did. So it's really, really powerful um, that at a young age, you were able to define that for yourselves. But Mary and I, what we get to see is like the bond, the strength that you guys have as a family of four is undeniable. It's incredible. 
And I always am like, how do I learn from you two? And really, this is why we wanted you guys on the podcast was because I learn something from the both of you every time I'm around your family. And you guys make me want to be a better parent. You make me want to be a better person. And it's because of just that tight knit family that you have. So bravo. I just wanted to acknowledge <laughs> you guys for, I mean, things could have been a lot different, but it's, it's not. And what you're, what you're doing and what I really want to acknowledge you guys for is like, you're setting, you're setting the bar very high. And what Mary and I, what we see in our work is like families that really are just searching for that harmony and searching for that connection with their, their daughters, but most importantly, their children. And I think you guys are doing it well. And we want to just draw inspiration from you guys to share with our listeners. I feel like you guys are putting us on a pedestal or something, which is super freaking <laughs> do we need scary. To like, no, do we need to like let's, remove the let's curtain? Let's bring it back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I think, and I'll let Danny talk at some point in this conversation too. But <laughs> Danny, like, is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not he's alive. He's here. He's here. <laughs> but, but like, no matter what age you start a family, like you're a first time parent, whether you're 19, 30, 40, like it's going to be new. So I think that's the thing too, is like everyone has a different experience. So as you say that, you're like, I had more time to think about it. Like it's different for everybody. And I, right. and I'm grateful to Danny. And this is like a good chance to like, just shine a light on you. I feel like a lot of just how we are as a family and being open to personal growth in general is because of him. Because even though like, yes, we came into, um, I'm like the feelings person. I want things to feel really good. I want us, you know, I'm very concerned of making sure like everyone in the family, like how do you feel, you know, that you're seen? Again, it's kind of going back to that thing of like mm. knowing what it felt like to not feel seen and heard as an individual and making sure like, hey, that's my number one priority for conversations that I go into, whether it's like our marriage, our family, friends and stuff like that is just because I know how how much it hurt, you know, to to right. not feel seen and heard. And so as we come into our relationship, like both of us have different strengths. So like for me, I feel like that's the piece that I brought is it's like, hey, I want to make sure everyone feels seen and heard in our little family unit. And I feel like in a lot of areas of our lives, like we would stay stagnant if it weren't for Danny and his ability to be like, okay, guess what? Like he's the goal setting person. He's a person that's like, okay, let's go out and try to become better versions of ourselves. And I think that is a lot because of your experience too, mm -hmm. of your life and like knowing how it felt to you when things got stagnant. Well, and we sit here, we're obviously all very engrossed in personal growth and development. And I think that's something worth pointing out is because we're so engrossed in it, we tend to think that everyone knows what it is and it's the greatest and we're all just out here working on ourselves. But realistically, that's not true. And it's a very small percentage of the population who turns around and invests back in themselves looks in the mirror, walks through the fire, has other people tell them what they're not good at and takes that feedback on with a smile. So Danny, where in your life did that quality come from? Because people hear the word feedback and their tail goes between their legs, mm -hmm. automatically defensive, automatically a pushback because we've been taught that feedback is not necessarily a good thing. When it is, it's a beautiful thing to receive feedback, especially from people who really care about you. Because when you receive feedback from people who care about you, that means they want to see you grow. So where in your life was that like a need for you to say, I got to get better? Yeah. Well, the I got to get better is a pretty easy one for me. And I think like I wind up sharing it on just about every podcast I go on to. But essentially... I'm someone who struggled with mental health my whole life. So like as long as I can remember, I've struggled with it. And essentially, I became like the, the father figure of my household very young. Like my parents split when I was like 11. So that kind of thrust me into that. And I went with the, you know, men don't show emotions. Men have to be stoic. You have to be the leader. You have to do all these things. And I pretty much didn't show emotion until I was like 25. But by that time, I had built a family, had, you know, on paper, like the perfect household. You know, we had everything but a dog. We had the house. We had the cars, good corporate job, two kids, like 
beautiful wife. Like I had all the things that were like theoretically made me successful, but I was also suicidal and no one knew. And like Brianne knew I had mental health things, but she didn't realize the level it did because I don't think I realized the level I got to. And essentially about five, six years ago, legit tanked all of our lives to the point where like Brianne couldn't like make up for the amount of things that like I was unable to do. And we wound up having to like move in with my sister and like, that's an incredibly humbling feeling. And like having to legit lose everything when on paper, like a lot of people look up to you. And I, I think it was one of those things that like, I never, I never thought about like trying to hide where we were necessarily, but like there's so much negativity out there that I just don't care to put more out. So I would just put out like, here's good things happening. And what I realized is like one time her and I went on a date while we were living in Texas with my sister with almost no income and just like trying to like keep our marriage alive. Someone commented on a post of just out, you know, in front of a restaurant saying like, oh my gosh, you guys are perfect. Like your life is perfect. And it was like, yeah. And it was just like, okay. Like, and I had like this immense guilt with that. So it was first thing, first time I ever did like a Facebook live where I basically just like opened up about the fact that like I'm suicidal, here's our situation and you're seeing a highlight reel. And most of us, it doesn't look like it looks on Facebook and just kind of like very much opened that up. And it turned into a lot of messages and a lot of different people saying like, hey, like I'm struggling with those things too. Thank you for being open about it. And that was so freeing to me because like any facade that I had up at that moment was gone. Like it was, it was no longer needed. And I think the reason I get into personal growth and wanting to learn and better myself and things like that is I know throughout that time, I had a legitimate feeling of hopelessness. Like it can't get better. Like there is no getting better. And through listening to podcasts and reading books and listening to conversations from different people, I started to see that like change was possible. And like, even though it didn't feel good, it felt better than feeling nothing. And Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of like a, I don't know, a very, it was an integral part of like figuring out what did I want moving forward. So for me, like coming from genuinely feeling nothing, feeling numb, and then getting to like, even know that like, hey, this feels uncomfortable. Like why? Like, because you know you're capable of more. Ooh, like I know there's hope. I know I'm capable of more. So I think that's where a lot of it stems for me. And it's really just, I don't know, we've been building on that and still, I don't know, I have dips like all the time still. Like I still struggle with a lot of those things, but not in the way that I did before. And it's much more manageable. And I think the the one thing that we've done throughout all of this is we've been open with our kids about it the whole time. Because like my dad, he still deals with depression, anxiety, and all these different things. But he basically tried to like either hide it from us or just take a ton of medication, but never actually like address things. And I don't want my kids to feel like their parents are perfect. Therefore, they have to live up to standards. Like, I want my kids to see like, no, like, just like you guys, we're struggling with things. We're going through things. Don't feel like you have to have your life figured out by the time you're 15. Don't feel like you have to, you know, live perfectly to make us happy. Like, we've screwed up a lot of things. That's why we have the knowledge we have around things as we've been through things. So, I don't know. All of those experiences kind of lead up to being able to say like, I'm, I'm very much into learning about growth and going through the hard thing, but also making sure that along the way, I'm being very open about it with everyone in my world so that hopefully it gives them an opportunity to grow too. But especially like with our kids, just knowing like, hey, don't put us on pedestals, like we're learning and growing with you. Hmm. The with you part. Yeah. It's just what you said earlier, Brianne, as far as like, it's everybody's first time. Even if you have a second kid, it's your first time having a second kid, right? So there's such a learning curve that goes along with it that doesn't make you an expert. I think before we hit record, we use the word domineering. It's like parenting of old school felt very domineering where it's like, I'm the parent, you're the kid, do as I say, not as I do. And that was the example that we got to follow. So with what you just said, 
the with us part, Danny, I think is so poignant and so beautiful because it is a relationship and there has to be two willing parties in a relationship for that relationship to work. And I too come from a really broken family to where my relationship with my dad no longer works. And that's something that I've chosen now that I'm adult enough to make that decision. But it's like, what if the relationship wasn't so domineering? Could there have been room to grow together? Could we have done life together in a different way? And I just, I see it so much so that you've got 18 years with your kids. If you're lucky, if you're really lucky, they stay longer. Um, But 18 years in the snapshot of life is not very long. So with how we've seen you parent your children, they are going to be so well equipped to take on the world by the time they're ready to fly the nest because of the with you mentality. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say too, just setting the standard, like the foundation of honesty and openness and communication, the fact that it comes from you guys then allows them to come back to you to be open, honest, and transparent. That's the goal. And when Mary and I are in front of girls or when we're leading workshops and we're trying to create a space for girls to be open and honest, our hope then is that they get that at home. And sometimes they don't. So what we're seeing and really how we kind of coach our parents is How you can continue the conversations that we have is just by creating space. And it and it's with the like, I'm gonna go first mentality. Like, let me tell you, oh, you're you had a hard day at school because of friends. I had that too. That that empathy can really allow the walls to come down so that we can alleviate the domineering or the authoritative figure that they might be looking at us as as parents and really just say like I I know what you're going through I know how that feels and that's where I feel like the magic happens and that's what I love about you guys is that you've really set that foundation and 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 that's what I really try to foster as well in my household is like I'm gonna have to have hard conversations I want to tell them that mommy had a bad day too and that um you know, like I, I'm not perfect. So I don't expect you guys to be either. And as easy as that is to say, it actually doesn't exist a lot in households. It's, it's so hard to do. So we were going on a walk this morning. We try try to every morning, but on our walk this morning, we really were trying to set the intention knowing we were coming into this conversation. And that was one thing that came up for us is like, communication and setting expectations. I feel like so many arguments between Danny and I or frustration in, because we run our business together. We are husband and wife. We're parents together. Like we've just spent the last couple of years of like the four of us being under one roof 24 seven almost. You know what I mean? So it's like Mm -hmm. there's been definitely like opportunity for tension there, we'll say, to put it nicely. And so it's like, being able to, one, I do love what you said about like, nobody's perfect, you know? And so like, let's just, you know, forget the shtick of trying to show up as perfect people in front of our kids. Obviously, we don't want them to be in the middle of a like a heated discussion or conversation. But like, if we can take what we took away from a conversation and come to our kids and be like, hey, like, being able to, after the fact, share that lesson. Yeah, mom had a bad day. Like I realized that I hadn't communicated what I needed from, you know, such and such person on our team or from dad or, you know, I didn't communicate better. And what I could have done was X, Y, Z. And like sharing those lessons with them and leading the way, like you said, has been huge. And and then, yeah, like that was one of the big things that came up on our walk was just like, oh my gosh, if we could just communicate better and not assume, you know, it's the same way for Danny and I, I can't assume or leave hints that I'm like, you know, I really want him to do something like (laughs) that doesn't work. So it definitely isn't going to work with our kids either, you know? And so it's like looking at our kids and at an age appropriate level right now, they're 10 and 12, like they are getting to be older and they understand a lot of things. So it's like, okay, speak to them on that level 
and show them that respect and also like give them an opportunity to like teach you something. So it's like not mm-hmm. necessarily even like if I want Nevea to know how she can communicate with her friends better, like one, I should bring up opportunities of how I'm trying to do that in my own life, but then like listen to her because she knows herself and her friends and her relationship with her friends better than I do. So me coming in there and being like, girl, this is what you should have done. I, You know what I mean? You would have avoided all this. I'm like, what do I freaking know? You know, and I've been through a similar situations, but I haven't been Nevea ever, nor will I ever be. And I don't know what that relationship is with her friends. So if she can teach me and be like, hey, like, how are things going there? Like, what do you think could have gone better in that conversation? Like walking her through those questions and then applying duct tape over my mouth and just listening. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, like it doesn't mean like I'm always great at it or I always have that like patient moment to set aside to do that, but I'm trying. And I think that's the thing is like, if we continue to try and then come to the kids and be like, well, this is what I did and that didn't work well because I, you know, didn't communicate my expectations. And then guess who got her feelings hurt? Mom did because it was me that set an expectation and then didn't, you know, communicate what I needed, you know. And so it's like being that example and then allowing them to because we already learn so much from our kids, you know, like they are big allow teachers. them to they're incredible yeah. teachers. Kids are mirrors. Yeah. yeah. And so it's oh. like being able to give them that opportunity to recognize that they're doing that is, I think, really empowering for them. Because they really don't that. know otherwise, right? It's it's them being them. And kids don't have rose-colored glasses on. They're very honest. They're very open until a certain point in time where they did something wrong and they start to feel shame around that. And that we see that starting to happen when their limbic brain starts to form and they start to question authority. But if you've led by example this whole time and you've said, you know, I messed up today or this is how I showed up in work today and it started a fight between me and dad and here was why, like they're going to be more apt and more curious to show up in that way themselves, which I think is really cool because they don't know anything else then. If you live in a house of lies and deceit and fights and not showing your feelings, Obviously, that's probably the the path you're going to take. But if all you know is open and honest conversations and cool questions and deciphering certain situations, then hopefully that's the path you continue to follow as well. Not saying paths can't get crossed because we all know good apples that have turned bad and bad apples that have turned good. I think we're all in certain situations based on failures that we've had, mistakes that we've made, which have made us the people we are today. But it's cool to see just how open they are, as in your kids, especially when we get Navy one-on-one. Because what you said about her being a teacher, all kids being teachers, man, that girl is so bright. And it's so cool to have these high-level conversations with her about relationships, about communication struggles, about conflict resolution, and have her come to the table with her own answers, not something that's scripted, that she thinks she that we want to hear. Um, her light is just so bright. And though you're not perfect, I'll take this opportunity to make sure our audience knows that there is no pedestal that you're standing on. Um, <laughs> you've done a good job in that way. She will grow up, as will Dax, and they will be contributing members of society. And that's all we want for our kids, right? To be positive contributors to society, to help your neighbor, to to go out there and make a difference in somebody's day. And I think that's where you guys have really shined. I, like, imagine when you guys were talking, I had this, like, visual pop into my mind (laughs) of, like... (laughs) A boardroom. And I'm sure your kitchen table is not a boardroom, but I feel like, you know, your your kiddos are like an equal part of your team. And you guys are maybe the CEO and the CFO, and we have maybe an account executive and <laughs> some, and a sales associate or something, right? Our, our kids. But what's cool is like being able to like allow them to contribute to a conversation. And whether it goes against your way of thinking or expectations or not, like you really allow them to be themselves. And I say that because if they can practice that at home, they will absolutely bring that to school with them. 
or in other organizations that they're a part of, teams that they're a part of. When Navy is in our workshops, she's the first one to lead or to help. And and I just I I like that that's just what came to mind for me. It was like how how do we cultivate that space where our kids can say things and contribute and we get to learn from them so that they can really continue to sharpen those skills as they grow older so they can be leaders in the community so that they can go after promotions that they can push back to the status quo if if it's something that they truly don't believe in um, I want more kids to to be able to do that versus waiting until their their mid-20s in order for them to be like whoa kind of like the awakening Mary and I had when when we started, you know, personal growth and development was like, wow, I, we had no idea how powerful we are. Imagine if we actually fostered that at a younger age. Yeah. Well, one thing I think about too a lot is like small piece of our picture that, I mean, it's a big piece, but small note here is just that like we grew up, like Brian said, in a very strict religion. Both of us did. And like, we're no longer a part of that religion. And one of the things that really hit me was just the fact that like, you were never allowed to question things within that religion. And if you did question them, you could only go to approved sources. And to me, it kind of just set this new mentality of like, I just question everything. I don't like anything that's for everyone or there's the only one way. Like I'm just, I'm not a big fan of that. But when we really kind of broke down, okay, we're no longer a part of the church. What do we want? Like we had to redefine what success meant to our lives. And we had to say, you know, like what, what does it mean to be a good human? What does it mean? Like, what are we against? What are we not? Because like in that religion, like we didn't drink alcohol. Okay. Well, do we not drink alcohol because we actually believe like it's a horrible, bad thing? Or do we just like, it was just something that that culture, like, I don't know, you get to redefine what things mean to you and give them that, you know, and I, I think that's something that like we've taken to all things in our life and making sure that like our kids are a part of that conversation to be able to say like even right down to like when we first said, like, OK, like we do want to try alcohol. Like, all right, let's tell the kids so they're not going from this is an ultimate sin to like oh, mom and dad are drinking. Like it <laughs> was just this like sinning, but, it, but it was just like <laughs> but it was like a real transition that had to happen, you know. But like when we apply that to every area of our lives, we get to look at, okay, what do we want to create? What do we want mm. our Havelman family like credo to be basically? Like how do mm. how do we define being, you know, the best version of ourselves if it's no longer based off of the checklist that the church gave us? How do we show that we're good humans still? How do we give back? How do we do these different things? And we don't have everything like totally defined and all that stuff, but the kids are enough a part of those conversations that we've encouraged them that like, hey, if you disagree with something or you see something that stands out that is not, you know, doesn't look right to you, don't just go with it. Like call it out, take it, like make decisions around what you actually think is best. It leads to them being able to say, you know, hey, here's what I think. And like, how can we, like Brian and I, how can we make sure that that's rewarded? How can we applaud you for having an opinion mm. versus being like, hey, it's our way or the highway, like get over it. Like, I just don't see that taking us very far. Cause like you said, like we have them probably until they're 18, until they move out on their own and want to go do other things. And I really think that'll happen because both of our kids are very like independent and like they're planning out businesses and doing things that I never considered at their age. Like they're trying to do all these fun things. So like in my world, when I look at like, I can either fight my kids on things or I can talk them through things, help them see problems and like help them solve them and really try to make sure that they know like, hey, I'm on your freaking team. Mm. Like if all hell breaks loose, just know I'm on your team. And I, I think that's a really big piece is just knowing that like, hey, as you're making life decisions, as you're figuring out what's important, how do we help offer you perspective? How do we help give you guidance without telling you this is what you have to do? And me as a parent, like instead of just, you know, coming to the conclusion that like it's my way or the highway, even if my kid chooses the thing that I say, I don't want you to do that thing, how do I make sure that like I'm behind you enough that you always know my love is unconditional. That doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And I may not like what you're doing right now, but I'm still in your corner. I'm still behind you. And like the only thing I can do is just be a really good example to them and then 
hopefully that wears off down the road. And like, that's about all I can do because they're independent little humans and we love it that way. I don't want them to just mindlessly just follow along. I want them to like really decide what would make me happy in my life because all of us getting into personal develop personal development in our late twenties and thirties and then being like, Oh my gosh, like the world is my oyster. What do I want to create? What would it be like if we could help all the youth pick that stuff up when they're 12? Like you guys know this, like everything you're doing with girls mentorship is amazing because you're putting a mindset that most of us didn't get to our late twenties and beyond into people who aren't even into middle school. They're not even in high school. How much more empowered are they going to be? And I think that just applies in everything that we're trying to do. It's about giving them tools. I think that's the thing is like, ask questions, question things, question everything. That's a really, really good tool. And then allowing that discussion to happen, you know, because I think that's the thing if, and this is just my thoughts, I don't know, but if our kids can show up as themselves at home and that they know they can question things in a way that's like, a discussion, you know, or a, I don't know, debate comes to mind. Like, let's get back to the boardroom and be like, hey, this is what like them being able to present an opinion and be like, no, I've asked questions about this. This is why I think this. This is, you know, the research, for lack of better words, that I put behind why I believe this thing. I think if we can have that kind of environment at home and there's no like shadiness of being like, I have to hide what I think or who I am or what I'm doing from my parents. Like, I think if they can just show up and be open and honest and just like have the, those discussions with us. They're going to be that much more equipped to go out in the world and not allow other people to sway them or just follow the crowd because they've, they've taken the time to be like, no, this is what I think. And I know that like regardless of what I bring to the table, like mom and dad love me and they're on my team. I think that's a big part of that. Well, and that's that's the whole thing. You need to decide to define yourself before you let the world define you. And I think that could be very easy based on societal pressures, um, pressures from friends, pressures from everywhere, really. And we've, we've seen that big time over the last couple of years with, with just the state of our world right now. But question everything. It's a huge motto of mine as well. And it's something that helped me get involved in personal growth and development, right? It's like from your belief system all the way down to how you make meatloaf. It's like, why do you make meatloaf like that? And you're like, I don't know. My mom makes meatloaf like that. And you're like, okay, mom, well, why do you make meatloaf like that? And she's like, well, I don't know. Grandma made it like this. You go like up the lineage and you never questioned why it was made the way it was made or why you don't put your spin on it. It's like we get to do that as individuals. But sometimes if no one tells us to be that way, we don't understand that we get to be that way. So the fact that you're leading by example and challenging your kids to push back is invaluable. That's one of the greatest lessons that we see the girls we mentor especially pick up on. When that light bulb goes off to where they realize that they're their own person and they have their own brain and they can say things and ask questions that they want to ask without necessarily getting in trouble or feeling shamed by it, a whole new world opens up for them. Well, and I was going to add too, I, I'm just like replaying some conversations, Mare, from girls that we have worked with. And I think one of the biggest frustrations that they have is when their parents don't allow them the space to have their own opinion, that whatever they're saying is, is wrong or, um, oh, you just Googled your data and now that's your opinion like I'm I'm your parent and I have more experience so no your idea is wrong and dumb and and then it makes them feel a certain way where they're like well I just was trying to push back on an opinion like I was challenging your opinion and now you're making me feel wrong and as opposed to then cultivating a discussion afterwards of like you know talking about well let's let's talk about this a little bit more then the girls just withdraw parents just pretend like that didn't happen and sweep it under the rug and that's where the conflict happens when parents come to us and they're like well our daughters just aren't talking to us it's <laughs> we unravel that this is what happens and you know then we have to you know then have conversations with parents of like well 
you know, how do you be open in conversations and how do you allow your daughter to not feel wrong by having an opinion? So, well, and unfortunately, it could be the smallest of comments, too. Right. I know every one of us on this call remembers something that our parents said to us that impacted us for life. Maybe not our parents. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a coach. Somebody said something along the way that stuck with us. It's like one of those you get 99 positive comments and one negative comment, and that one like shapes who That's you are for your entire it's life. the one that you think about. And it's like, oh my God, as a parent, I never would have thought that that would have rubbed her the wrong way or that she would have taken it like that. And that's where you have to be careful. And that's where I think the open lines of communication come in that are so valuable. And the self-awareness. Right. It's like you say something and it rubs your kid the wrong way. Well, you've showed them that they can come to you and be open and honest with how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you like to be treated? Like if someone comes up to you and just says like, hey, idiot, you're wrong. Are you going to take that well? Like I can't do any different with my kids. Like I have to right. actually assume that they're wanting the same respect that I'm wanting. Ask and Jill I, how well I'd take that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mary did not do well with that. No way. But I, I really think it's a big thing where like right down to like who are the kids' friends? Like because – All they know is their experience with them at school or at the park or wherever they are. Hey, this person's nice to me. They validate my feelings. I like this person. We on the outside may be able to look and be like, ooh, that kid looks like they're going through a, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that kid looks like they're going through a hard time. Maybe, maybe they have a different family situation. Like we can evaluate those things and maybe in our eyes, we're like, hmm. I'd rather them not hang out with that kid because I'd rather not have to deal with the problems that'll probably come with, you know, that situation. However, if our kids have already decided like, yeah, but that's my friend. There's no saying you can't see that person anymore, especially if they're at school. The best thing we could do as a parent would be to invite that kid to things and try to mentor them too. Because us as the parents, like we have the power to be an example to their friends. We have the power to be an example to that entire situation And we can try to uplift and make that person the better version of themselves. Or we can just tell our kids like, hey, I don't want you hanging out with that person because little Johnny's a bad apple. Like, well, yeah, that's going to go over well. Like, and I think that's something that we learned by living that. I think Brianne's parents didn't approve of me. Like that wasn't a thing. I was not, you know, (laughs) we weren't supposed to be a thing. So look what she did. She (laughs) married and got two kids. Exactly. (laughs) Like we've, we've been together 16 plus years now, you know, married 13. My brain's not doing numbers, but I think that's accurate. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, Hey, like if you push your kid into a corner and give them an ultimatum, don't be pissed when they don't choose you because at their level and their life and their perspective, the most important things are the most important things. And even if we can look back and be like, you know what? High school actually was this blip on our radar and not that big of a deal. When you're in it, it's literally the biggest thing. Right. And it's if the having deal. the social status is you know, important and you making this decision hurts your social status at school, mm-hmm. they're probably going to go with that. So again, instead of trying to like fight and tell our kids, I know more than you, mm-hmm. how do we just support the situation and be the best mentor to everyone involved? Oh, I, Mare, like you come to mind for me. Your mom hating your best friend. Oh, God, hated her. She she did not approve of my best friend in high school, which looking back now, I totally get it. But that's that hindsight thing. So it's like, don't do this. Don't go here. Just the finger in the face. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm definitely going to do this. I'm definitely going to go there. (laughs) And I'm going to take pictures. Sorry. I'm not sorry about it. But it's like, it is. It's that... It's that prime age of discovering independence and what pushing back against authority looks like. So you're just, there's two negatives don't make a positive in that situation. The more and more you push, the more and more they're going to push away. So mic drop moment, like how can you just be the best mentor that you can possibly be? Like, I know it hurts when your kids are disrespectful. I know it hurts when their feelings hurt and you want to jump in and save the day. But it's like, how can you be the bumper? How can you be the guardrail? How can you be somebody in their life that they know, love, and trust outside of the fact that you're their parents that they can look back on when they're 25 and say, thank God for that conversation. Thank 
so I'm so thankful that my parents were the way they were in order for me to know how to handle the situation I'm in now because I'm confident in it based on the fact that we had conversations about it or it was involved in our family credo or it was a strong value that they presented. Yeah. It all goes back to giving them tools. And the funny thing too is like our kids are 10 and 12 right now. Okay. This podcast episode is for me a few years down the road when we're like in the thick of having teens. Like I get that in this conversation, it's all hunky-dory fine and dandy to talk about like this is what we're trying to do. And then in practice, when there's feelings involved, it's freaking hard. And so it's like, this is just the reminder that that through those hard things, we keep that perspective of just like, I really think if there's things that I could tell myself to focus on and not try to worry about all the things, because as a mom, I can really try and worry about all the things and all the places that I'm falling short. But like, if I just continue to have a one-on-one relationship with each of my kids, and that they know that I love them unconditionally and that I continue to show up in a way that's like open and honest about my wins and the places where I'm struggling. You know, they they are able to get to know me too. I know Nevaeh is not going to want to come to me for everything. I know Daxton's not going to want to come to me for everything. We are right now. Like it's we're open about everything. We've talked to them about sex. We talked to them about these things that like my, our parents, there's no freaking way they would have talked to us about these topics. Crickets. Freaking crickets. Like <laughs> n- nothing. And so it's just like, but I get there's going to be a point in time that they're not going to want to talk to us about those kinds of things. But if we can leave the door open and be like, hey, there's nothing that's off limits. There's no question that you can ask me that. I'm like, even though deep down, I'm sure there's, I might have like my, you know, heart freak out moment. (laughs) You know, but I'm like, keep it cool, keep it cool. You know, like as long as they're continuing to like, you know, have that open communication back and forth, I think we're winning because I, it's, it's the bigger picture of like, we've said it a few times on this podcast, like we have them for 18 years. How much can I give them the tools? Because guess what? Again, we've said it a few times. It's their life, not mine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's their life. They're the ones that have to live with their consequences. They're the ones that get to go out and do all the incredible things that they want to do and create. That's up to them. But if I can give them the tools and part of that is having people like you guys in our kids' lives, because like, again, I know they're not going to want to come to me with everything because even as much as I want to be like, we have this open, amazing, you know, relationship. It goes back to the feelings things. We're going to hurt each other's feelings. It's called being human beings. And that's something that we talk to our kids about a lot, like whether it's, you know, Danny being someone who, you know, he knows he struggles with depression. That's something that that he experiences. And it's a very human thing to experience. There's no shame in that. You know, they have the language around those things so that if they are feeling anxious or they are feeling down, they understand like this is just part of being a human. And there's different levels of needing help with those kinds of things, too. But like, that's the thing. I wouldn't not have, um, you know, a pediatrician or a dentist or, um, you know, people like you guys that are experienced or um, what's the word? Experts in your field. Like, I want to have all the people I can in my corner because I know I can't do it all by myself. And so it's like, those are my two things, unconditional love and communication. And if I can just keep doing that and then rally around the people that I need to support me and my kids need to support them. Like this is another thing we were talking about this morning on our walk is like, it's a very modern day Western idea that we try to do everything by ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we're meant to be tribal people. We're meant to have different opinions and different strengths surrounding us so that we can do this life thing, you know, in community, in community. It's the whole it goes back to the like you're meant to be raised by a village like you're going to go to your parents for some things. But then there's other people in the village that are experts in their thing. What do you go to them for? And I know for like me growing up as a teen, again, my dad was somewhat involved, but like not tremendously involved. If I didn't have scout leaders, church leaders, uh, coaches in different sports and all the different things I had, it would have been really hard for me to, I don't know, even take care of the feelings that I was having, even though I was trying to suppress everything. I had mentors I could go to, even though at the time I didn't realize what they were to me. They were there to help me and to guide me. And a lot of times they did it without me even knowing. 
And I, I think that's kind of the biggest thing is it's the unassuming mentors where kids don't feel like they're going to them to like get scolded. Like they're going to them knowing like, Hey man, I've got this problem. I really don't want to tell like my parent about like, have you ever come across this? And then again, like hoping that we've given them the opportunity to find mentors that don't suck. And I yeah. think that's like our, our point as parents Amen. is like, yes, one of the things <laughs> we love about having Nevaeh and girls mentorship is we trust you. We, we love what you two do. And we know that like with what you've been through and how you've grown as humans, like, you're going to be a good influence on her. If we don't put our kids in situations to go find the good influences, they will find influences regardless, but they You're might suck. Right. So yeah. how do we help intentionally cr cultivate that for them? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. You guys, this conversation has been so rich and incredibly powerful. Thank you for dropping so much wisdom and insight and Again, a reminder for all that no one is perfect, but truly, I mean, I'm walking away with so many little reminders, obviously for myself, um, but also like who I get to be for my kids and also their friends. I need to remember that I am mama bear no matter where I go and <laughs> and I have an opportunity because some kids need it. Some kids might not have it. So thank you both for obviously the work that you do and who you are for Mary and myself, but, but just who you guys are being for your children because the ripple effect that you are, are leaving them with all of the values and all of, all of the goodness that you're instilling in, in them is going to pay off to my children and the, the future generation of leaders. So thank you guys so much for this conversation. We're so grateful. And I mean, I just want to give you guys a big hug. <laughs> virtually. Next time, vir virtual. Yeah, yeah. Virtually, we'll count that. But next time, we'll give you the biggest hug. We're so okay. grateful for both of you. And we really don't take it lightly the effort and knowledge and energy and love that you pour into our kids because like we need you guys. You know, well, thank you. We're super grateful. Thank you. For you. Well, and this is what's cool is we, um, like, we're, Mary and I are a stand for this. It's like it starts at home, and then schools need to be in the same conversations. Community leaders need to be in the same conversation. So our kids are just getting pinged left and right with goodness and reminders. So it's just cool that you guys are a part of that, that Mary and I get to be a part of that. And like, this is the work that we get to be doing. It's very cool. Well, with that, we're going to let you go begrudgingly. And <laughs> we know that this will be the best sounding podcast this side of the Mississippi once it's done. So we also thank you for that. If you guys need any help producing podcasts, the good in media, Danny and Brianne are amazing at Top what they notch. do. Top notch. So until next time, you guys, we'll see you on What's the Lesson. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.